Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Bailey. Our campaign is The Curse of Nineveh. It was written by Mike Mason, Mark Latham, Scott Dorward, and Paul Fricker, and it's available from the Chaosium website. I'm the GM, and this is episode 36. Without any further delay, let's continue our journey into darkness. So, you guys have visited the prison and spoken with those who remain of the Children of Tranquility. And you've also gone to Aloysius Delgado's and found him a, a shell of a, of a person. Um, and you have been given the information uh, that you need to uh, hopefully do something about it. <laughs> um, So uh, it, it is the uh, the it's midday on June the thirteenth. Uh, the party is on the fifteenth. Garden party. We have exactly hey. one invitation to the royal garden party. Correct. Is it a is it a invitation for two? It's a plus one. Yes. Right. So yes, we have roughly. 48 hours to figure out where the entity Yuhuthris and whatever body it is or the entity Naboo which is summoning Yuhuthris what they plan to do how they plan to get to the king and figure out how to stop it um, we have uh, Elphinstone's address um, and Delgado said that uh, he was partnered with his comely lady neighbor. Um, do, do you think we should write a letter stating that uh, Stone, who lives at X address is an anarchist and is plotting to overthrow the king? Do you think that might work for us or against us? That might be a good start. That's something I would do. Um, although, if we plan to do battle in some way with Elphinstone at his home, we probably do not want there to be officials about. Well, let's investigate his home and then the, his young lady's home, and then we could decide if the letter's uh, a good idea. Do as they say a drive-by, yes? Yeah, I want to do a, more than a drive-by. I want to go in and see if he's there. Well, if we went into his house, if we encounter him, we can attack. If we don't encounter him, as I've stated before, I bet we could find a photograph of him so we at least know what we're looking for. Great idea. Right. Very well. Let's see if he's home. If he's not home, then we know that we don't know where he is. And that will affect our future um, options. Who's driving the chatting wagon? I'll drive. Very good. All right. So you drive across town. Uh, you're not in a particularly wealthy area. It's a lot of... Uh, 
a lot of townhomes, uh, they're not attached to one another, but they're fairly close to one another. Um, I guess what you'd expect from a city. Uh, it's, uh, it's not a two-story place. It's a one-story uh, with, uh, uh, he's actually on the end of the street. So there's only one house next to his. Of course, there's a house next to that one and next to that one, next to that one. Um, the, the house is narrow, but it's deep. You know what I mean? Um, you don't, there's, there's a very slight garden porch in the front and there's probably a bigger garden in the back if it's the same way as other ones. In the south, play. in the south, we refer to those as shotgun shacks. Okay. Um, like a townhome in this case. Um, but it's not particularly wealthy. It, it's a you know, middle class. I was expecting him to have money. So if he's on the corner, mm -hmm. uh, does that mean we can see the his rear garden, or is there uh, a wall? Yes, you, you can. If you go around the building, you can see that there's a, a there's a garden in the back. It's it's fairly small. And in the middle of the day, the house is quiet. We don't. Uh, there's correct. no obvious uh, occupation. Um, I wonder, uh, do we think Elphinstone would recognize any of us? I don't, think it, I don't think any of you have ever seen him. Should we just go up and knock on the door? I would think no more than one of us. May, may, may I suggest that we perhaps uh, try to talk with one of the neighbors and maybe get a better idea of who he is from them. Well, if he's on the Before, corner, if he's on the corner, then I would make the assumption that the house next to his is the young lady's house. If, yes. if Delgado met neighbor in the strictest sense, yes. Um, Perhaps one of the neighbors from across the uh, the street there. See if we can find out more information on him in general, and then take it from there. Now, do we know if Edward Elphinstone is a real name, or is this his pseudonym or pen name? Or well, he's definitely not Lord Elphinstone, so right. Not living in a place like this. You don't know. You don't know that for sure. Well, I was just saying it to the group, so in case... Oh, okay, know. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and there is not a name on the post box? Is it like a door flap kind there of mail situation? There is. It just says Elphinstone. Oh, okay. Um, so at least it's the name that he's known publicly by. Mm -hmm. um, well, uh, Islewin, um, uh I think it certainly there poses no risk to talk to the neighbor across the street. Uh, what's uh, what should we? How should we couch our inquiry? We have news for Elphinstone about his friend Delgado, but I don't know how to reach him. Or, um, yeah, but to make that work, we'd actually have to knock on his door to make sure he's not there. 
Well, I'm not assuming the neighbors are across the street or watching us. Um, well, if this is well, working could, class neighborhood. Always... Well, we could always come up with, uh, we, we were given a, ad, a address, but we're not certain uh, if it's correct. We could always just say that we were given an address. We're not sure. Is this correct? And once it's confirmed, then, you know, we can take it from there and, you know, ask little questions along the way. I, I don't think we have, A, the neighbors aren't going to know us from Adam, so they're not going to be suspicious of us. And two, time is short. We need to just find this guy. Knock on the door, knock on the neighbor, knock on every door here. We just need to find something out. We don't even have to be polite about it. The, 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 the kingdom is at stake. George V is life. Yeah, why be polite about it? We're going to get him down if he's there. <laughs> because if you're if you polite really... about it, they're not going to talk to you. <laughs> I, I don't mean go in and be a jerk off. I'm just saying the king's life is in danger. We need to solve this. Let's just let's do this. But we can't, we can't be incredibly hasty on this. It might work against us. Yes, well, I mean, time is of the essence, but also so is not making, compounding the difficulties of our situation. Um, right. So again, what what would do we want to tell the neighbors? Do we want to tell the neighbors that we are news that we're from the newspaper. Do we want to tell the neighbors that we're just looking for him personally? You just say that we're looking for him personally, and we were given a general location, but we were not certain which, uh, whereabouts he, he is. Uh, well, but his name's on his mailbox. Well, we are assuming We just came in. We're assuming that uh, Alpha Stone is the big baddie, okay? Why not knock on the neighbor's door? Make the assumption that that person is Elphinstone. They correct us and tell us he lives across the street. We could even go so far as to lay it out on the line. Yeah, this guy's an anarchist and he's plotting to kill the king and sour the neighborhood against him so that if A, we miss him, now he's got to deal with nosy neighbors who think he's a bad guy. One more Thing to throw him off the game. Um, it would also be nice to get the uh, name of his female neighbor um, somehow. Uh, all right, so perhaps two of us should wait in the car. Of course, we need to make sure that at least two of us are still alive for the garden party. Well, I'll sit with the car revving, so that way we can just peel out of there if we have to. I want to go around the back and just in case he try, if he's there and tries to slip out the back, I could see him. All right, then. So, Eslowen, you and I will go to the door. That's fine, right, we'll but I'll be that. just totally honest with you. I really can't imagine him wanting to run away from us at this point in time. He thinks he's holding all the cards. Yeah, I just technically don't want, he is. I just don't want because somebody wasn't at the back. He snuck out. You know. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Very well. Uh, so directly across the street, is there a knocker? Uh, yes. Is there a bell? There's, there's, there's a knocker. Um, 
after a few moments, you hear some light footsteps inside. Uh, the door opens, and it's a woman. Uh, she looks like she's about 46 years old. Uh, she has her hair, her hair is red. She has it up. Um, uh, she's dressed in a, it's a house dress. And she's like, uh, uh, guest, can I help you? And she looks out, uh, how many are there? Just you? Yeah, Audrey. just me and, and Audrey. The okay. two of us, yeah. yeah, yeah yes, 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 ma'am. Um, is Mr. Is Mr. Elvinstone at, at this residence? We Elvinstone? A, uh... No, no, this yes. this isn't his. He's across the street. Oh, that's dreadful, dreadful. We were we were we were led to believe he was here. Oh, thank you, thank you for uh, confirming that there. Oh, dear me, I, I, I'm sorry. Thank you very much, ma'am. You've been great help to us on over okay. here. She closes the door. Uh, but, but ma'am, ma'am, could could I ask you a question before? Uh, not to not to impose. <laughs> Um, but what, what sort of person is Mr. Elphinstone? He's a fortune teller. A fortune teller? Really? What sort of fortune does he tell? Well, why, why are you looking for him? I thought that's why you'd be looking for him. Oh, well, we were told that he, he was uh, an antiquarian of, of, of some, some note, but uh, I did, oh. we, we were not aware that he was a fortune teller. I'm, I'm not even sure I know what that is. No, he's a fortune oh. teller. People go there to hear their fortunes, to, hear their, to, to get to hear their, their cards fortunes. read or their palm, palms read or whatever. Those I don't know mean, what he does. I don't believe in that stuff. Do, do he, you know if he's? Do you know if? Do you know uh, when he's usually well? What's the way to put it? Uh, has a shop open, as it were. I, I I don't monitor his business. Oh no worries, ma madam. Go ask. Does he yourself. bring an unsavory clientele to the street? I, I once again, I, I I'm not my I'm not his keeper. I have no idea. Uh -oh, what he no does. no worries. No worries. She says good night. Good day. She closes good the day. door. <laughs> All right. Well, we have further verification that he's there. The, I have uh, an idea. The fact that he does business out of the flat is yes. useful. Let's uh, let's cross uh, and uh, catch up with uh, Patrick. I assume Fuller is revving somewhere near where Patrick is keeping an eye on things. All right. So, Patrick, what are you doing? You've walked around towards the back. Can I'm not going to go up to it, but can I see in any of the windows? Well, there's a little picket fence around the garden in the back and the garden looks pretty well tended you know there's little flowers growing and there's grass um do a spot hidden for me 39 out of 50. okay there's a couple of large piles of dog poop in the backyard they don't look like they came from a little dog um you wanted to go look up in a window. You'd have to do it from the side of the street, but you'd also have to be going maybe seven or eight feet onto his property to get to the window. If I see the, the dog feces, I'm not going to step foot over the fence. Okay. I just want to take note if there's any windows open, any lights on, any... There's no window. There's no windows open. There's no lights on, but it's the okay. middle of the day. So okay. You don't hear any music. You don't see any, any movement going to can i see them coming from like if i go off yeah to, yeah I'll, I'll walk over to meet them and and tell them what i found okay mm -hmm. that's it, inconvenient yeah, a giant like, a large dog yeah mm, yes it's, quite but i think we might have an in to uh perhaps meet with mr elfenstone and under more gentlemanly circumstances 
If he's still telling fortunes, despite yes, the fact that he's well, now inhabited by an ancient deity. But that doesn't mean that he may still not be open for business. Well, shall we draw straws? Yes, and that might be a, a way we could uh, get inside and uh, get pictures or, uh, shall we say, you know, some better idea of what's going on in his uh, domicile. Um, one or two? Probably two, but remember what you did to Delgado, so just keep that in the back of your mind. Yes, but is he is he willing to have uh, Naboo, Naboo or this Yithuutris transferred to one of us, to someone off the street? Just keep it in mind. That's all I'm saying. You're going to go in and get your palm read, and let me see your hand. Next thing you know, you don't know. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, if the world's about to be ended. Let's um, just knock on the door and find out if it's him. So, uh, again, should we, how should we do it? Should we draw straws? I'll go. I... <laughs> I would be willing to go. Be willing well. to go. I would be willing to go. All right. Well, I'm not unwilling myself, so... Um, Can we all we... go? <laughs> no, I think no more than two of us should go. We don't want to look like a posse. Um, I'll go back around back and keep an eye on the back door. Right. I, I, shall, I shall go and inquire about uh, making arrangements for a, uh, a reading. There's nothing on the house that uh, indicates that a fortune teller is there. There's no signage. No. Um, I wonder if he's uh, in the telephone book or if it's a word of mouth sort of business. Um, well, perhaps we, perhaps, uh, we should maintain the groups that we're in because I think a man and woman seeking a fortune together seems a more likely situation than mm. two men. I just had a, I just had a notion. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps we could go to the Wentworth Club and ask around and see if one of the members there has uh, has uh, employed Mr. Elfenstone for, for such purposes. Or at least gone to investigate him. Um, but we are here now. True. Um, and, you know, if someone had visited Elfenstone, that would have been pre-Naboo, so I'm not sure what they could tell us that would pertain to our current hmm. dangers and possibilities. Um, so I have a pistol in my bag. You're, you're also carrying something, as Lewin? Uh, absolutely, yes. All right. So who's going up to the porch again? <clears throat> Um, myself and Audrey. I think so. So Patrick was okay. Patrick's going to the back. I'm at the back door. Oh, that's right. That's right. You've gone back to the back. All right. Uh, Audrey and uh, Munden, you 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 step up onto the, the porch. There's no front gate, by the way. There's just there's just a porch. You step up onto the porch to the door, and there's a knocker. Okay. The second you hit the knocker, uh, there is a loud barking 
inside the house, uh, kind of medium high pitched, uh, sounds like um, maybe a collie or a, a, a German Shepherd. Um, and it barks and it barks and it barks and it barks and you, there's no... And no one comes to the door. No one comes to the door. All right, then. Um, uh, it seems unwise to attempt to break in when there is apparently a rather angry guard dog. Fuller. Yes, quite. Fuller, yes. you're in the car? Yes. Um, do a spot hidden for me. Ooh, I made it. Okay. So your car is in front, and uh, you've kept the engine running in case you need to get away. Uh, you see them go up to the porch. You hear the dog barking. It's a loud bark. Um, what you notice is the neighbor on right next to his house, that the, uh, like the living room sort of window, the, the curtain parts, and for a moment you see a woman looking out. Um, doesn't look like a young woman. Doesn't look like an old woman, immediate, immediate regular, you know, person. Uh, she looks out, and then the, the the curtain closes, and a moment later, you see her her front door opening. Um, do you do anything, or? No, there's no way I can warn the guys without letting her know it. So, just continue to watch. All right. So as you are up on the, uh, of course, Patrick, you're in the backyard. You now hear the dog barking inside. Um, Audrey and uh, and Munden, you're on the porch, uh, and you see next door because you're looking kind of off the side of the porch. Mm -hmm. You see next door a woman. Um, she looks like she's maybe in her late forties, early fifties. Mm -hmm. uh, step out of her door and start down the her little steps to the the sidewalk and immediately turn and start walking towards you when i notice her i'm gonna he's now? not here he's not here oh. now oh he, he's not no mr alpenstone's not here right yes, now. yes yes quite oh he's not here oh that's a that's that's a rather rather shame she says, I'm, uh, I'm Miss Newell. Uh, ah. I'm his neighbor, and uh, right. I take care of his dog while he's away. Ah, uh, yes. But I don't expect him back for a few days. Uh, did you, uh, if you don't mind me uh, prying, did you, did you know where he's at? Um, uh, who are you? Oh, oh my name is, is, uh, is uh, Isolin Munden. I'm with the uh, Wentworth Club, and... Um, and I just heard about uh, Mr. Elphinstone being a, a, a seer of sorts, and I wish to uh, to see about making arrangements to. Oh uh, yes, to meet with yes, him. he has amazing mystical powers. Oh, he, he does. He can see into your future and and tell you all about it. I'm sure that he can uh, that he can tell your fortune uh, when Quite. he returns. Has Has um, he told your fortune? Oh yes, yes. He was so wow. accurate. Uh, everything that he said Quite. was amazingly accurate. He's quite. He's becoming quite well known in the upper circles. You know? Oh yes. Well, well. It's of, of course. Uh, you know, we at the Wentworth Club deal in such things, and we, we've we've heard. He's a lovely man. Yes. Oh yes. yes. Could, could could you describe the man for us? Uh, we just know him by name, and 
and oh, uh, well, I guess reputation. But... Well, yes, he's a very handsome man, you know. Mm. Um, has a, uh, a a beard, uh, ah. a rather trimmed beard. Uh, he uh, uh, and and a mustache. Uh, ah. His hair is still mostly black, but he has a few gray streaks. Um, always is uh, is dressed nicely. Um, has lovely green eyes. Oh, quite, quite. Well, if you don't mean my prying further, ma'am, do you, do you know where we might find him? Because was... I'm afraid I don't. Oh, is it, it's, there's no place that he frequents quite often, a, a pub or a tavern or such? Not that I know of. Uh, uh, he's, he's currently uh, uh, seeing a young woman. Uh, oh. And uh, I believe they've gone off together somewhere. Oh, yes, yes, quite, quite, quite. Um, um, hmm. Oh, uh, so, so you wouldn't know where we could find him? I'm afraid not. Or, or uh, any, any uh, a phone number or, some, or, or a, a, a means we could leave a message with him? Afraid not. Oh, that is a shame. Cool. Um, do, do you watch his dog generally because he's going out of town? Or is... Well, whenever he needs me to watch his dog, yes. I, I, I take Shep out twice a day. Mm. It's very neighborly of you. Um, are you. Is he going for a walk now? He sounds awfully agitated. Well, that's probably because you knocked at the door. Mm. No, he Certainly. had his he had his walk about an hour ago. Oh, yes. The next one's not until 3.30. Oh, quite, quite. Just before tea. Walkies before tea, yes. Well, Lisselman, um oh, uh, Miss Newell, when he's uh, around and uh, performing readings, is it, does he use, uh, you know, book cards or the palm or a crystal ball sort? He, he has various ways of contacting the spirits beyond the worlds. Mm. Um, uh, most notably, he does automatic writing where the, the spirits contact him and he he writes things. Mm, but uh, but I'm sure he knows all of the ways of uh, of fortune telling that there are. Does he have open hours at a particular time when he's when he is available? I think it's probably best to make an appointment with him. Uh, mm. I can give you his phone number. Oh, that would be much appreciated. Yes. Um, I don't have anything to write. Oh, oh, um, here you go, ma'am. Ah, here's his number, and she she writes down his phone number. And Thank you. Uh, and yes, you uh, you will certainly uh, he'll he'll be able to see into your future and tell you what's you know, what kind of fortunes you have in the future. So 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 he's been a, a good neighbor. He's not had 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 rather unsavory crowd or anything. Oh, no, he's a fairly quiet man. A very, oh, very, that's good. That's very good. handsome man. Well, um, he sounds like the gentleman I was, I was informed on, and, and he sounds like someone we could, we, we, we would be interested in. Mostly. Audrey and, and, uh, and London, you can do psychology roles on him. No? I just have base, so no luck. Okay. Well, I, I think though the base. one thing that's obvious is she seems 
a little enamored. crushed out. Uh, yeah, a little crushed out. Right. Mm. Um, she also seems to be pushing the whole fortune telling thing, like she's his salesman or something. Maybe she's mm. trying to be helpful. Mm. Well, ma'am, um, if if you, if you don't. In all confidence and such, um, as I said, we have heard about Mr. Uh, um, here, and uh, well, um, if you could keep this uh, on the on the you know the quiet, um, the Wentworth Club is rather interested in in approaching him about uh, potential membership, hmm. and uh, we are the prestigious club for people dealing in the paranormal and. And uh, we have many people who deal in, in the same sort of stuff Mr. Elvenstone deals with. And uh, he, seemed, he seems to us, uh, from what we've garnered from reputation, to be a potential uh, future member. And we would like to extend the uh, hand of friendship and membership to him. At oh, well, I'm sure he would be very pleased with that. Yes, yes, quite. Anything particular about your future that you're looking forward to that he's told you about? Well, my future is a private matter, you know. Certainly. The things he tells you are not always things you want to share. Mm. True, true. I guess, yes, the deeper the insight, the more likely it would be something of a personal nature. Well, Isluan, uh, I oh, um, do you know if he's been gone for a day or two or longer? Does he often stay away for a week, or is it just a matter of a couple of days? He actually left yesterday. Mm, just just right. right. Um, if you don't, I don't wish to pry any further, ma'am. But, but you wouldn't happen to know the uh, the young lady's name that he is involved with? Well, yes, I would. That's uh, oh, quite. That's uh, that's Myrtle Everett. Myrtle Everett. Yes, ah. lovely young woman. Yeah, sounds like it. She, I mean, sounds sounds like it's quite a quite a pairing up, as it were. <laughs> Oh, well, I don't know that it's that. It would certainly be a, a, a what is it called? A December, January. Oh, May, yes. May, December. May, yeah. December. Yes. Uh, well, if you don't mind me saying, if any, just in the off chance, we might might run into her before Mr. Mr. Uh, Mr. Elvenstone. Uh, what, what does she look like? Well, she's a rather pretty young thing. Um, she gives me a description. Um, she gives you a description of her. <laughs> uh, rather pretty 1920s-ish girl. Um, just as a precaution... I'm going to look around and see if I see cats. <laughs> yeah, you don't see any cats. Okay. Didn't think so. Just checking. Hmm. Well, uh, I, I do appreciate you t taking your time to, to assist us there, ma'am. Very uh, much so. Well, now, if you'll forgive me, I, I have to go back to what I was doing. No problem. But if you happen to meet uh, Mr. Elphinstone anytime soon. I'll tell him that there was people. my card, so you can the contact Wentworth me. Club. Yes, oh, quite, okay. quite. yes, of course. Yes. Good day, madam. Good day. She goes. And we go to report to the gentleman. Or to summon Patrick. 
to the car. So we've got a name for the girlfriend. Uh, we can look for one Myrtle Everett. Um, yeah, but Myrtle was supposed to be a neighbor. You know. Unless he's messing with both of them. Or a neighbor can mean she lives down the block. Yeah. I mean, I that's, wouldn't, that's a neighbor, too. I wouldn't think you'd be messing with both of them, or she wouldn't have such nice things to say about Myrtle. To an idea roll. Oh. I don't know. I think he's messing with uh, all of you. <laughs> I made it. I made it. Mine is rather spectacular. 15. Extreme. Delgado didn't really know, so he might have gotten the facts wrong. Hmm. True. Quite possible Delgado got the facts a little bit uh, off. Yeah. There was barely again, enough the, of left of Delgado to spread on toast. Yes, but then again, the neighbor here seemed rather connected with Mr. Delgado on a certain level. So Mr. Elphinstone. Uh, Mr. Elphinstone, yes, quite, 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 Mr. Elphinstone. It's hard to keep the two of them just uh, together or apart, huh? one way or the other. Well, we've got to assume that he's hiding out someplace until he gets what he wants. Yeah, he's you not going to be back here. You yes. don't think you don't think he might have snuck into the museum as hiding out in this temple, do you? Is that something we could think of? The temple would be the last part of what he needed to do, so I don't think so. I that mean, is, if he's he's not making uh, Britannia his his the basis of his temple. He apparently the, um, he apparently does not need these artifacts because he spoke with um, Felix, and that's the last it was ever heard of him. He never got back in touch with one of us, so it's not like he's in a rush to get this item. I I think we came to the assumption that the artifacts were to keep people from getting him out of the coffin. I don't think he needs the artifacts. They were there to stop people from getting to the coffin. And he needs a thousand people too. Well, let's be honest. The only way he's going to get a thousand people is the garden party. Right. Well, let's. Well, uh, we're try assuming and find that Myrtle. we're assuming that a thousand people at one go. I mean, maybe it's just he's got to hit a thousand people total, but I'm assuming that he has to get them in one go. I just thought he needed to collect a thousand souls. If he has to collect a thousand souls, and technically he could hit church after church and, until he gets a thousand. That's why I was thinking he needs them all at one go. Well, let's try and find this Myrtle. Yes, I mean, we have one more name. We should see what we can do with it. We can try a, a telephone box um, and see if she is, in fact, local to this area. Okay. Make it happen. All right, so you get the phone book. There are um, 
a fairly decent handful of Everett's. Um, and none of them are obviously Emma right. or Myrtle. Um, are any of them uh, in the immediate vicinity of this area? Mm, do a luck roll. That's good. Twenty-one. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd say there's there's at least one that's, you know, maybe a few blocks over. Well, let's knock on the door and see if we could. I mean, if she's if they're shacking up. Okay. So you drive to whatever address that happens to be, mm -hmm. and uh, you you go up to the front door and you knock and. Uh, turns out it's somebody else. They don't know a Myrtle. Oh, well. Um, so, in the car, disappointed with that news, um, the other, the, one question that bothers me is if how many rungs there are between Delgado and the king, if this entity wants to keep climbing the social ladder. Um, Miss Newell suggested that uh, Elphinstone was getting to be well known by the upper crust. So is there a possibility that he's leapfrogging closer to the crown between now and the day after next? But that doesn't Close tell us how to find him. Well, closer to there. I mean, he wants to be able to interact with the king at the garden party. So if he can get from Elphinstone into an earl or a duke, then perhaps okay. Do we have closer. do we have a consensus on how the transfer happens? I mean, is it just a touch? Is there a ceremony involved? You know, something he's got to recite. Or is it he just reaches out, touches it, makes it happen? Well, I would think after what we saw with uh, Delgado, it's now a, now a touch, because so many of the people there were uh, were affected by by the uh, the entity. But it doesn't mean he jumped bodies. He could have just taken their soul or whatever he was doing. True. So, I don't think he was. Was he ever in Delgado officially? Yes. Delgado said so. But why would he jump, if he was in Delgado, why would he jump to Delgado's guards? Or did he go through the guards to Delgado? Maybe maybe that's how he's building up a thousand souls. Yes, to enter the, the vessel, as it were, to gather the soul. Right. And in that case, all he need to do is go to the garden party and pick up all the souls he needs. Maybe going to the king is not necessarily the, the idea. It's to get the souls, and then he could go back to the museum and, and do the uh, ritual there. I mean, that's true. I mean, let's, be, let's just be realistic here. If you're trying to improve your station, if you will, that king, yeah, that's a pretty nice little target, but he's a god. I mean... He's going to go from being a god to being a king. I would think that that's not necessarily the priority. Maybe he's 
looking into the garden party to get the thousand souls. You're on mute, David. It's not as though he can't, if he just needed to see a thousand people or be in the presence of a thousand people, he could go to Piccadilly Circus and suck up the souls from a thousand. But, you know, the, the prophecy says, ever shall he seek a greater host until he ascends to his throne. Um, so I, you know, I wonder whether it's as, as you know, a short as, uh, stepping stone as Delgado to Elphinstone to King or whether he's, you know, hanging out, making a visit to the House of Lords or some such where he can be sure to get at the peerage. That would be more believable, I would say. And then after he ascends his throne, having again, you know, leapfrog to ever greater hosts, that's when he requires the thousand. We, we're not entirely sure of the plan on how he's intending on doing this. There's several different ways he can, he can make this happen. I mean, we could... So he feasts upon the thousand souls in preparation for his great ascension. And at the temple shall they gather for his ascension ritual, stand and watch and tremble. I say which is we, when everything is doomed. I say we need to write a letter and, or make a phone call and tell the guard that we suspect he's an anarchist and is going after the king so that that way at least they will keep the king insulated from him. Um, well, uh, yeah, let's, um, you can, um, compose a suitable letter at the club, yes? Yeah. I see no reason to loiter around these quarters. We don't know where to find this Everett woman, but presume that they're together based on what Delgado said. Would it be, maybe, <clears throat> if he's a palm reader and a, a psychic, she, he works right from his house, no storefront, correct? Right. I wonder if a theater or something, where he, some place where he could set up a, I don't know why, I just pictured a theater. I don't know, I'm just reaching, sorry. Well, we got to do something. Where where was Delgado taken to? Maybe He's we could still where he is. I think. Maybe we should revisit Delgado and try and dig a little deeper. 
I don't know. His um, his mind is pretty bent. Pretty sure by now the authorities have picked him up, and he's probably halfway to Bedlam right now. Well, let's take a let's just take a shot at it. What um, else do we have to do? We write a letter and then wait for two days till the king gets killed. Let's what, at least try. What about this? Let's forget what we think we know about the artifacts. Why don't we take and pick up the horn of Alu and show it to Delgado? I but before we do that, let's just Delgado went through the process of being transformed. He talked about how he'll be remembered in the God's mind forever, but we didn't ask him how it happened. He that should be still fresh in his mind. That's something we overlooked. It would be no. It would be good to know what um, what sort of ritual, if any, is involved, so that we might try to uh, interrupt it. And we can ask him about the horn too. But I don't. I think it should stay where it is until we, unless we absolutely need it. But I am going to go out on a limb and say any of those artifacts are pretty much useless at this point. I think they're warding a whip to keep people like us or the archaeologists from actually ever entering the tomb. I could be wrong, but that's my guess on that. Patrick, do an idea roll. Uh, 37 out of 90. All right. Oh, that's really good. Um, what do you know about the Horn of Alu? How it works so far? I don't think we know anything about how it works. Well, Fuller would know the most out of anybody. Well, I. Um, I mean. Yeah, yeah, I, I got you. Uh, well, that was the people who were in the vicinity had horrible nightmares. Right. You couldn't sleep. Uh, I don't think anybody tried to blow it yet, did they? No. It's not really that kind of a horn, but. Um, oh, that's right. You. Um, and, and the person that it attacked was uh, Theodore uh, Rayburn Price, who happened to be the closest person to it when it activated. And it was all of you in in the house dreaming, correct? That seemed to activate it. But the horn of Alu had been setting in a tomb for however many thousand years. It might have grown weak, and it took proximity to people for uh, for it to activate. That's why Thompson Campbell was able to go in and, and rifle the tomb without being attacked by anything because it needed to get charged up. It's only effective when it's charged, but if it's around people, then it's going to get charged up. Right now it's in the bank where it's, it, there's nobody there at night. Hmm. So maybe we need to charge the horn up and bring it with us? Well, the reason I said it was just how how did Thompson Campbell get by all these defenses? Oh, right. Because 
they hadn't been activated in a thousand years. So. so if that's right, then my theory is correct. They were there just as as wards against people from evading the tomb, but after the time they fell. Let's 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 go let's go try and grab Delgado and, and talk to him a little more. I think that's our only real lead at this point. I do not object to your question, Delgado. But leave me at the club. I don't want to look into his dead vacant eyes anymore. All right. Rather unnerving. All right. So who wants to go with Patrick and who wants to stay with Audrey? I'll go with Patrick. I'll stay with Audrey. All right. So you drop them off at the club. You head back over to Delgado. And uh, when you arrive at Delgado's, it's pretty much exactly as you left it. There are still two guards standing pretty much where they were when you left them out in the garden. Um, in fact, there's a pigeon sitting on one of them because it hasn't moved for a while. Not a crow? Uh, uh, no. Uh, you make your way into the house uh, and you find the place where you left Elgato. And once again, he's still sort of standing there vacantly looking off. Uh, what would you like to do? Aloysius. He, uh, he sort of slowly turns to look at you. And he says, uh, I guess my name is Aloysius. Aloysius Delgado. I'm here to have you tell me the glorious story of how the God moved in and out of you. <sighs> I need the, the details. It's, it must be amazing. I want you to do a spot hidden roll. Both of us? Uh, well, Patrick is standing right there looking into his 54 face. out of 50. Um, I'll spend four luck. Okay. Um, now, this happens as Delgado is talking. But you notice that... Um, Something. Okay. What you notice is there seems to be some odd sort of scarring uh, around his left eyeball. Um, comes, you know, partly down his face, partly up onto his eyebrow. Um, it almost looks like, uh, like little wormy marks, like tentacles. It doesn't look like he has tentacles. It looks like he has scars. Like a burn from a... Yeah, or something, but it's only around his left eyeball. And he um, never had that before. Correct. And you are, you're Patrick Longdon, so you know a lot of the mythology. Um, sometimes Naboo is depicted with his left eyeball missing. 
which is odd. Now he may have he he may have had that before when you were looking at him. You just didn't notice it. And he says, "Ha, ah, this is my transformation. What a glorious thing." We uh, we were having dinner, and uh, Elphinstone was there. He said that he had something he wanted to show me, an artifact. It was a, it was a clay seal. And uh, I told him that it, uh, it looked very old. He said it was from the tomb of Nambu, Nabu, my, my ancient uh, reincarnation. And that by touching it, I would, I would, res I would once again be connected by, to my, uh, my, my ancient self. And so he handed it to me, and that's when we became one. Now, did the tablet, the seal, crack or break in any way? Oh no! In fact, that's the way. Elphinstone drew Nabu out of me once again. Mm. Was there any ethereal lights and spectac spectacular magic or just... There's no way to describe how it felt. I was looking into the face of God. Any cracks of thunder, sounds, smells? Nothing like that. Just, just kind of bloop, bloop, one back and forth? or Just it, as if someone was taking up residence in my head. And did he jump into you and jump out right away? Or did, he, did Naboo live inside you oh, for an no. extended period? No. From then it was as if I was in a back room and Naboo was in control. He didn't understand our world. It had been so many thousands of years. And so Elphinstone and he, we went out. He showed me things, he, Naboo things. He, we went to a church and uh, Naboo drained some of the congregation, their souls. It was delicious. Do, do you know if he needs to, to have a thousand souls? Is that I what told you, the feast of a thousand souls Correct. comes before his ascension. But he needs to get a thousand at once or one at a time till he collects a thousand? It's part of a it's part of a ritual. He, of course, can only consume them one at a time. A thousand souls might take a while, but he needs to consume them all of the uh, one after another, all all at once. Yes. Aloysius, my good man. Oh, you once, you? you once spoke to our a colleague of ours, 
about obtaining the horn of a loo. Are you still interested in the horn? Not particularly interested in anything. I've. What about the eye of Lamatsu? I've already had. I already have what I've wanted. I wanted immortality. I've got it. No, I'm quite satisfied. Are you hungry or thirsty or tired? Mm, nothing, nothing like that, no. He does look rather thin, by the way. Like he hasn't eaten in a while. Right. Okay. And he's still standing pretty much in the same spot, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Of course, his clothes are all rumpled and his hair is a mess. And uh, he doesn't seem to... Let's see if Here. there's like a glass of water around or a pitcher of water. See if he'll actually drink. There's there's no pitcher of water. That's not right. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to ask him while we're here. In the in the interim between asking your last question and this one, there's a, a bit of a, a a pause. And you can almost see that during the pause he has phased out again. It's like he's not even aware that you're there at the moment. You're sure that if you speak again, it'll it'll once again be a bit of a surprise that you're you're even there. <laughs> right, right. Well, Fuller, um, I think we got a few answers here. Anything else you could think of? Well, I. We'll explain it to you uh, when we're outside. All right, but there's nothing. That, my point was anything you directly want to ask or look no. for. Okay. No. So I'll just quietly walk away from him. All right. He has no reaction. Oh. We got out on the porch, and I was like, I am halfway decided to go into one of the bedrooms and start a fire. Now, this will burn the house down and they will either run or they won't run. If they don't run and they burn with the house, then Naboo will not be able to jump back into them. He wouldn't jump back into them anyway. He's already taken their soul. They're... they're garbage to him now that's they're actually his excrement i believe if you burn the house down and we need to question him again at least we know where he is let's hold off on the fire and we can always circle back tomorrow and burn the place down he'll be standing here but just in case we need to ask him something else let's just leave him stand there okay and i'm gonna actually when we leave i want to close the gates too not lock them just don't leave everything wide open. Have people come investigate. All right. So that's exactly what you do. And then what do you do? Head back over to the club? Yeah, head back to the club and reiterate right. the information to the rest of the group. All right. So you're all back at the club. 
And I tell them what we learned. Sure. Hmm. So Mr. Delgado didn't uh, divulge any further details on, on what uh, Mr. Alphonstone's plan might be. Shit. Ah, but he did. We now know that to make the transference, he has to have the tablet. So. But he has the tablet. If Yes, but to take over the king, oh, right, right. he would have to have the king Touch the take ta the tablet. And I hmm. think they have to be done at one at a time, unless multiple hands can be on it. But can Naboo inhabit multiple people at once? I'm gonna say no, at least until he gets more powerful. So that could hold him back a bit. And I don't, perhaps my impression is mistaken. I, I think that when they were at the church, he stole the souls from people without entering them. He stayed in Delgado. Oh, yeah. Delgado was a sort of passenger while he gobbled up the souls in the church one at a time. So it's not as though we had to go and press the seal to each of the congregants. No, 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 no. I am willing to bet that there is a difference between taking someone's soul and transferring his consciousness into another person. Yes, that's my impression. Correct about right. that. Which doesn't bode well for the garden party and the fact that they could just go and steal souls and uh, it, they won't be finding out about anyone who's in a daze till... There is one advantage. There is one advantage of this. Let's assume that he is going to take the souls at this garden party and then try to get to the king. When people start freaking out, it won't be too hard to pull guns at that point in time and chase down, down uh, Elphinstone because the, they're they going to be, be busy protecting the king. Why would they be freaking out? These people would be stumbling around as if they were drunk. How ah, many people do you figure will be whoa, drunk? Whoa, whoa, this, wait. Uh, Remember the fair. church. Remember the church. It was violent. They didn't just lay there. It was violence. Perhaps. Perhaps. Yes, but again, there's a sequence in the prophecy. Ever shall he seek a greater host until he has risen to his throne. Then shall he feast upon a thousand souls in preparation for his great ascension. So he would presumably want to have gotten to the king, if that's his intent, I think is a reasonable presumption. Delgado just said to you also that it's part of the ceremony. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, we can't, we can't, we must assume that he's going to increase his, the greatness of his host and then go about the uh, process of soul gobbling, however that works. Mm -hmm. Um. There isn't a, a club cat, is there? Uh, Shane Noir. <laughs> Shane Noir. Uh, uh, no, a, a resident cat at the Wentworth. 
Hmm. A cellar mouser. Let's do a luck roll on that one, because I don't know any reason why not there would be. Well, they probably oh, follow an Audrey around. <laughs> if there is a club cat, I'll have gotten to know it. Okay. Um, um, it's spectacular. Uh, Boodles. Boodles the cat. Um, it's a big white Persian. Uh, Fuller, um, uh, I, I think we should, you should begin drafting your letter to the authorities. We should think, give some thought to who to send it. Um, I'm uh, going to uh, see if I can find Boodles. He's usually around the cellar. Is there a cellar? There's got to be a cellar. Sure. It'd be at least a pantry. They serve food, so. All right. There is a wine cellar for sure. It's part of it. Oh yeah, it's true. The uh, lower levels. So I'm yeah I'm going to leave the lads and go around the cellar. All right. Um. And what are the rest of you doing? Writing a letter. It's it's getting towards evening at this point. Um, all right, Audrey. Uh, it doesn't take you long uh, before uh, Boodles the cat sees you and comes over and sort of sits there just staring up at you. Um. Uh, is there, um, Boodles, is there uh, talk among your people about the uh, the danger that we're all in? Boodles sort of looks around really quickly, and it's like, is it safe for us to talk here? Uh, I think, you know, um, I'll, if I, if uh, you'd like some scritches, we can speak quietly and anyone will just think I'm a cat lady. Do you have any milk? I can certainly get you some cream. Right. So but there won't be any cream on on Earth once Naboo takes over. Um. Uh, we'll just say that it's uh, you find a you find a, far, a quiet place. You get a saucer of of cream, and with that, Boodles is like uh, uh, the cats aren't really interested in what's going on with humans. Um. We basically use you um, to feed us and take care of us and stroke us when we, when we feel like it and keep us warm. Um, and we all have other places that we can go. Uh. The dreamlands, the moon. Huh. Which may be the first time you find out that cats can jump to the moon. Indeed. Uh, we really... Um... Uh, appreciate you most for your ability to pick off rodents. Um, it seems as though... Oh, they're delicious. Um, it says, I don't think that that our uh, that, that our deity would allow another deity to take over the earth, though. 
Mm. Because humans have in the past worshipped her. Though they don't much anymore. Some of us are learning too, certainly. Um, well, you could certainly learn more. I think I, I think I'll uh, do. Is there a, is there a source that you recommend? Something simple enough for us humans. But you have the eye. I have the eye. Um, do you know the? Um, do you uh, cat-sized cats, if you will? Do you uh, know about the the lion-headed guardians? You're talking about uh, Ugalos. Ugalos. Uh, if you go down that path, yes, you can summon the Ugalos. They will protect you, but they are they they demand blood. They they are hunters. Yes, I've seen them kill, um, and it was terrifying. Um, but perhaps with their help, you know, uh, we can uh, retain this realm for Bubastis. Is there a great danger to me if I try to summon them? None whatsoever. You have the, the, the you have the eye. Um, is it possible to see things through the eye that I otherwise wouldn't be able to see? It's possible to converse with Bastet. Uh, uh, how does how does the goddess prefer to be propitiated? Mm -hmm. If I should be so daring as to try to speak to her, I can't say that. Right, you don't, don't have know, to propitiate after all. I don't know her, what her, her attitude is towards you at the moment. Um, you have to you have to speak with your heart. Mm. Well my heart's about, yeah, go ahead. My heart's genuinely terrified, so that might move her. You need to find a quiet place and you need to show her that you are willing to be her servant mm. and to follow her and she will teach you what you need to know and you are going to get some fresh sardines after you're done with your cream yes because you're a sweet little cat I um, hope that you don't all die thank you uh, I, I do too <laughs> Um, uh, and with that, I guess I will uh, fetch a tin of sardines and make my way back upstairs. All right. After. All right. So, Fuller, you were writing a letter. Oh, you're muted. Uh, what's your letter? Yes. What letter are you writing? I am writing a letter that says... It has come to our attention that a man named Alphenstone is, who is an anarchist and is out to do the king harm. We believe 
that he will t attack during the garden party. Um, give his address to his home. And um, we believe that he was a part of those despicable terrorists that tried to break into the museum. And that's okay. it. And you're sending it to... What I'm going to do is I'm going to take it to the Buckingham Palace and walk up to a guard and say, this man over here paid me to give you this letter. Hmm. I'm not sure that it would be that easy, but okay. Um, let's say, okay, when are you going to do this? Tomorrow? Yeah. All right, we'll, 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 we'll play it through. All right. If Fuller relates the idea to me, I, I said, why don't you pay a kid to bring it over to them? That way you're not. Well, you know, the, I, I thought about that to actually do that. But one, I don't think that the guards would pay much attention to a kid. Number two, if I go up and I say, some guy paid me, you know, five quid to hand you this letter. I mean, I'm not doing anything violent. Right, but they're not going to do anything violent while they question you for two days until after the garden party. Yeah, but I don't have an invitation to the garden party anyway. Right. I'm just saying that any good guard was... Uh, well, hold on one second, sir. Well, like I said, I'm standing there... I've made it clear that some man paid me. I'll give a description. Some, you know, I mean, if you did that to the president, yeah, they would check you out, make sure that you're not a terrorist or something. But after that, what would they really have to hold you for? You know, you're just handing them a letter, nothing more. Well, we might need you on the outside while two people are on the inside. That's all I'm saying. Send a copy to the Scotland Yard. There. Send multiple so, copies. Yes, quite. I'm well, the more we copies that. out there, the more, the more, the more they take interest in it. I'd send one to every precinct, to the yard, to the palace, to the parliament, to the. You know. I'm assuming that if we sent a letter to Scotland Yard, I would assume that Buckingham Palace would be made aware of said letter. I can't see the police holding it going, well, we're going to investigate this. No, I think that it, they would tell the guards. True, but multiple letters would, would reinforce what they've got. And send it to every newspaper in London. Quite. Every newspaper. Quite. Okay. I mean, I'm, you know, one, one letter to the yard might get overlooked. One letter to a precinct might get overlooked. But if everybody is buzzing about Elfstone trying to kill the king, every place in London, they're going to tell their wife at dinner, their kids, their cousin, they're at the bar, they're going to talk about it. They're going to, you know what I mean? You're going to spread the word like wildfire. Okay, I'm, I'm fine with that.
Oops. So that's what your intention is? Yeah. We'll mail it off to all these people. Okay. Um, how many letters? Oh, let's see. One to all the major papers. One to Buckingham Palace. One to Scotland Yard. I, that's all I can think of. So who's going to write all these letters? Oh, we could all just grab 10 sheets of paper and copy the letter. Each of us make 10 copies. Yeah. I'll assist. Okay. Then that's what you're going to spend your evening doing? I mean, it can't take more than an hour with all four of us working. Okay. I'll give you that. Are you going to type it or are you going to write it? Handwrite it? I mean, if we have typewriters. Well, they do exist. Yeah. I don't think there's any at the Wentworth Club. I don't know why there would be. Maybe I don't think there'd be four. No, there might be one at the front desk or in an accounting office. Can we postpone this for a couple of centuries until they invent Xerox? Yeah. <laughs> I'll handwrite if necessary, but if yeah. I can yeah. get a hold of a typewriter. I don't have a problem handwriting. Meanwhile, I'm tearing into an entire turkey. I'm a big guy, you know. It just your turkey, sir. Thank you. <laughs> your your American Thanksgiving dinner, sir. Got tourist carrots and four small potatoes. Exactly. All right, um, gentlemen. Uh, if you'll excuse me, uh, I have uh, cats to attend to at home. Um, Quite. Uh, I'll meet you back here in the morning. We'll breakfast and see if I've, uh, if anything's come clear. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. So while the three of you are handwriting letters, um, Audrey's going to head home. Uh, and uh, Audrey, you arrive back at your home. Uh, you go inside. Uh, I forget if you have cats, too. Do you have one? Two. Cat? You have two cats. All right. Well, they greet you. Um, and they're affectionate and everything. And, and uh, what would you like to do? Um, I'm going to, uh, they can certainly smell boodles on me, so I'm going to send boodles for cards. Uh, and, uh, I'm going to have a bracing cup of tea, uh, uh, and give them a treat. And then I'm going to, uh, go to my bedroom, turn the probably gas light low, uh, and sit quietly with the eye of Lamatsu in my hands. Okay. Wait for something to happen. Um, are the cats there with you? You know, I imagine it's a smallish flat. So yeah, I, they, they probably can't be far. Okay. So describe you exactly. You're, you're sitting in a chair. Uh, I pictured myself cross-legged on the bed for whatever reason. Uh, sitting sitting on the bed cross like that? Mm-hmm. Um, and the eye has been under my pillow, I believe. Right. For the last few days. Um, as you're sitting there, um, you sit there for a few minutes. Uh, you try to concentrate. Nothing seems to be happening. And one of the cats says, 
Well, the problem is, is you've got to get up higher. Oh, it is good to have a vantage, isn't it? Um, do you think, Sherry, that the top of the um, wardrobe is high enough? Or shall I be on the roof of the building? I like the top of the, the wardrobe. All right, so I'm going to push a chair over and clamber up there kind of carefully with an ancient artifact. Okay. So you manage, it's a big wardrobe, big heavy wardrobe. So you manage, it's, it's tight. You're kind of squeezed in there. Right. And uh, one of the cats says, that's good. Um, and, but you're, you're, kind, you're kind of laying on your side and you're kind of hugging the, the stone. Um, and you close your eyes. Now, at first, nothing happens, but for some reason, it feels better up here. Like you say, you've got a vantage point. Mm -hmm. You kind of find that when you open your eyes and you look around, you can see everything in your room from up here. It's a good spot. Mm -hmm. um, do, a, do a power roll. Eighteen is just shy of a hard success. Okay. Um, you you don't think at first that you're going to be able to get comfortable, but mm -hmm. uh, ultimately you are able to get comfortable, and you find that you're 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 drowsing. Uh, you becoming drowsy, and suddenly you find yourself standing in a golden place. Um, you think that there's a desert around you on either side, and ahead of you is what looks like a golden pyramid. Um, there is a dais uh, in front of the pyramid, and as you approach, and there are uh, there are gigantic sphinxes on either side of you as you're approaching. Um, and there is a kind of a light coming from the top of the dais as you approach. And as, as it comes into view, you can see that there is a woman uh, who is lounging um, rather centrally on a, what would seem to be a silk bed. Um, uh, she's laying on her side and uh, her dress is modestly covering her, but it's also very scant. There's very little there. And you can see that her skin is very dark. It's almost a charcoal black. And uh, you begin to realize that her facial features are more feline than anything else. And her eyes are wide open and they're yellow and they're staring at you as you are uh, coming closer what do you do um is the uh is the dais um on stone on earth on a carpet uh, everything seems to be like gold bricks um if there's any kind of boundary that's where i would stop and kneel well, there's a few steps going up 
Okay. And then it looks like there's a place there that would be like where you would show obeisance or whatever. Yeah, that's that's the first thing. Wordless obeisance. Um, and I'm thinking, you know, full on mid 20th century movie, like onto knees and then head down and arms out kind of extravagance. Because, you know. Um, you hear a light sort of laughter come from her. And uh, she says, Audrey Leicester, I've been waiting for you. Uh, how shall I address you, goddess? You may call me Bastet. And she, Bastet. Begins, to, she begins to move upward from, uh, from the bed more into a, a, a standing position in front of it. She says, everything tells me that you are a friend to the feline race. I have always loved cats, your people. There was a time when your kind worshipped my kind, but that time has long since passed. Still, the worship could be revived, Um, it is certainly the first, uh, this, well, this past year has, um, led me to be a great deal more, uh, what's the word, um, faithful in general, um, and the, danger that uh, my planet is in um, has made me bold enough to come and seek your wisdom. I can certainly offer you refuge here in the dreamlands, but I can't save your whole world. Um, I'm grateful for uh, that offer of safety. Um, do you uh, know of a way that uh, our salvation might be achieved? The affairs of humans are not mine to meddle in. Besides, I'm not really that pleased in humans recently. I have been sorely abused by some of those people, some of them around you, and so I'm not so sure that you would be a worthy person to be a priestess of Bastet. Would you? Um, Bastet, I can say that I would um, be a faithful follower and representative of you and your people um, and uh, all the, the dreamlands and the moon seem like magnificent realms uh, we do provide a lot of my people a lot of care and attention to yours some of you do some of us do there are also dog people but don't get me started about them um, 
don't mention the D word again. <laughs> um, she says, well, perhaps. I should say, perhaps. <laughs> she says, she suddenly looks at you and her facial expression changes. In fact, as you're looking at her, her whole aspect sort of changes. It almost becomes more tiger-like. And you can see on the hands, on her hands, uh, she has considerable claws and they're hooked claws, not like fingernails. And she suddenly rushes forwards toward, forward towards you. And uh, you know instinctively that if you, that, that one of two things could happen. That hand coming forward could either caress you or it could rip you to shreds. And if you show a lack of trust, that might be really bad. So it's up to you whether you flinch or you don't flinch. Um, you know, I'm gonna tr I'm gonna try to stand my ground. They're playful creatures, after all. So in fact, that's exactly what happens. She lunges forward, her her claws coming towards your face. But what you get is a gentle paw on the face, and and in that moment, the aspect is back to Bastet, and she says, "Yes." I will teach you to be my new high priestess. I am honored, Bastet. But you must first do something for me. How may I serve you? And she smiles and she leans forward and with a very quiet and soft and sensual voice, she says, Philip Church and Mrs. Lewis bring me their hearts. And you suddenly wake up on top of the wardrobe. Um, well, that's a challenge. Um, it's, it's a, has any time passed or if, or is it, you know, 6.15 when I fell asleep at 6.14? No, it's, uh, we'll say a few hours have passed. Uh, the cats and, are sound asleep on your bed. And none of the fellows know that I stole the eye from the museum. No, I don't. Um... Is Philip Church still in custody? Yes. That makes it a challenge, doesn't it? Um, that and uh, I've never killed a man. Um, and I, I forgot Mrs. Lewis's first name, but Mrs. Lewis. <laughs> uh, Edith, Edith Lewis. Edith Lewis. She may still be in the hospital. She probably is.
Well, I can't probably do anything about it tonight. I'm not going to be able to get into the prison or um, the hospital at this hour. Um, it's time for a tall cognac um, and curling up with the cats. And you find yourself getting yourself a, a saucer of cream instead of cognac. It seems more appealing. <laughs> um, all right. I'll tell you what, it's cutting a little short, but I think that might be a good spot to cut it because um, then we'll have, you'll have one day left before the garden party, one full day, and then the garden party happens. So and actually the garden party happens in the afternoon too. It's three to six in the afternoon. So he still has a little time to make some plans. Our players included David Gassaway, Ford Fitch, Jason Melnichok, and Jerry Bryant, with myself as the Keeper of the Secrets. We're currently producing up to four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd like to support our show, please visit our Patreon account, just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh together with all the members of our gaming club inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure in the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck, good gaming.